Thank you for listening to the Living on Purpose podcast with Sam and Pastor John. Here we are with episode number 15. We're so excited to dive into this one. Here's our next question, John. If your family swears around you a lot and it's something that you're trying to overcome, how do you handle being around someone who does it all the time? They're the only ones I have, so I can't just not be in their lives, but it makes it hard for me to abstain from swearing when that's all that's coming out of their mouths. Man, what a practical question, right? Right, right. Yeah, this is a good question. I mean, this is real life, right? Because we deal with all these issues all the time with people and the struggles, the battles, and especially when we're trying to honor God and then we're surrounded by things that are causing us not to honor God, what do we do? Yeah. So that's a really, really good question. I really appreciate that question. So I think it's important to ask another question in order to answer this question. And the question that I would ask, is swearing even wrong? What does the Bible have to say about it? And what should we really learn about it? And I think that's really important because I've known a lot of people over the years that will say, well, swearing's not really wrong. It's a cultural thing. And we've made it wrong as believers in Jesus and, and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so I would disagree with that. I think it is something that we should avoid for a number of different reasons. Look at what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 12 and verse 36, where it says, but I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word that they have spoken. Again, Matthew 12 and verse 36. The King James translates every empty word as every idle word. That's the kind of the verse that I was used to hearing the translation I was used to hearing, every idle word. The ESV, the American Standard Version, uh, translates it as every careless word. The Greek phrase is rama argos, meaning careless or inactive or unprofitable words. So in context, Jesus is contrasting the good things within a good person with the evil things in the heart of an evil person. And we are admonished in these verses, if you look at the whole context, to make the best use of our words because words express what is in our hearts. And you see this in Matthew 12 and verse 34 where Jesus speaks about how the mouth really speaks what the heart is full of. And so Mm -hmm. I think it's really important for us to understand that God holds us accountable for our words, and we shouldn't just be flippant with our words. And you think about someone who's sarcastic or someone who's um, degrading or condescending, that's a big thing. Like, that's not the way a believer should talk. Mm -hmm. So we need to really pay attention to this, all right? There's another passage of Scripture, and there's multiple, by the way, Uh, that I could use. Here's another one, Ephesians 4, verses 29 through 31, where it says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And Paul goes on to say, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. And of course, he's speaking about words. He's speaking about using your words in a cutting, condescending kind of way. Literally, the phrase unwholesome talk, the idea is of rotten or putrefied words that tear others down. When you think about this, we have to realize that often swearing is in the context of anger or frustration directed toward others. Not always, but in many cases it is. And swearing is wrong because of what it means as well. And so I want to talk about this a little bit, but there's something we need to let everybody know. Yeah, it's just a disclaimer. If you have young ones around you, we are going to be sharing some of the swear words in the culture. So this would be a good time to um, stop the recording or fast forward 
a couple minutes. Yeah. <laughs> There's no real easy way to say that. So I'm going to give you just a minute. If you have kids around you to make sure uh, that they're not around you, if you're going to continue to listen. So the reason why we're going to do this is because there's a meaning behind every word. And I think that's really important. Words mean things. I mean, this is really uh, something that we see even in the understanding of Jesus. In John chapter 1, and verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, mm. and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Greek word is logos. It gives the idea of communication. It gives the idea of personification. So Jesus is the express image of the Father. He is communication from the Father to us. Mm -hmm. And so it's really important for us to realize from the Father to the Son to us, there's this communication. So our words do matter. Now, there's one word I just can't say. It's the F word. Right, right. We, I, I just we'll can't, that one. I just can't say it, right? I'm yeah. not going to say it. But the word literally gives the idea of fornication, sex outside of marriage. And so anytime that word is used, even if you don't mean it in its uh, understanding, you're still using a word that is in violation of the word of God, the will of God, because sex is to be an activity inside of marriage alone. And so it's important that we understand that. There's some other words, and I'm going to use these words at this time. The word bitch, okay? Yep. It's a derogatory uh, term toward women, a female dog, right? Literally, that, that's an actual word describing a female dog, but that's not how it's used. It's used in a derogatory way. Mm -hmm. It has a meaning. It has this idea of a loose woman in her approach and how she handles herself among men. Uh, and even if you don't mean that, that's, that's the slang idea of the word. Another word is bastard. Uh, we think of the meaning of that as an illegitimate child. Well, mm -hmm. an illegitimate child is a man and woman coming together, having a child outside of marriage, right? Now, listen, if you've gone through that experience, that we're not judging you, right? You can um, confess that before the Lord, get right with the Lord. But the reality is that's not a part of the will of God. And so that term is a derogatory term. And of course, when the term is used, it's meant to be condescending. Mm -hmm. It's meant to cut people down. You can't, not, you can't build somebody up using these no, words, right? No, I mean, you don't. You just don't do that, okay? There's a few other things, right? When you call someone an asshole, right? You're being rude. Mm -hmm. You're being disrespectful. You're being mean. You're, you're, you're tearing them down, okay? Uh, a, a word that's kind of in our culture, it almost makes me smile. It's the word shit, right? And it, it sounds weird even saying that, yeah. right? But how many times do we say, oh, crap? Right. It's right? close enough, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it means the same thing. I remember a lady that I worked with on staff years ago in ministry. She said, if you say the S word and you're always saying crap, it's the same thing. And she was, but and she's right. That would mm -hmm. be an example of something that is kind of crass either way, right? Yeah. In our culture, the S word is considered inappropriate, but saying oh crap or things like that, you know, it's, it's still crass. And probably if we're all honest with ourselves, we could all clean up our language a little bit more probably. For sure. Yeah. Even, even crass joking too. Exactly. You know? Crass joking, things mm -hmm. that are double innuendo, inappropriateness. I mean, you had some verses that you were sharing with me earlier in James. Yeah. Um, the one that I thought of was James 3 and um, starts in verse 9. It says, with the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? 
neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Yeah, I mean, you can create a lot of damage with your tongue. Absolutely. Yeah, so I'm grateful that you shared those verses. So even if it's not swearing, you can tear people down with your tongue. You have to be really careful of that. Mm -hmm. All right, so here's another question, right? So the first question to the question, is swearing wrong? And I would say yes, it is in our culture, according to the word of God, understanding what words mean and what Jesus had to say about the power of words, okay? So here's the question. Is it okay to avoid people who swear in front of you? And that's, man, that's so difficult. So here are a few things that come to mind. First of all, 2 Timothy 2, 22 through 23, it says, flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels. And so Paul paints a picture here of what we really should do in these moments when we're tempted, right? We should run away. Anything that stimulates evil thoughts, we should attempt to remove ourselves from that environment. The perfect example of this is in the Old Testament. It's Joseph. Joseph was under the leadership of a man in Egypt named Potiphar. He was the commander of his household. He was in a high up position. And when Potiphar was gone one day, his beautiful wife came on to Joseph and tried to get Joseph to have sex with her. And Joseph didn't stand there and argue with her. He ran away from her. Hmm. He got out of the culture. He got out of the environment. And so when she came on to him, what does he do? He runs out of the room. You can read the story in Genesis 39. So temptation it will become a reality for us in our lives. In other words, we'll fall to it when we stay in the room, so to speak. I think it's really important that we understand this. Anything that is going to stimulate evil desires, we should attempt to remove ourselves from that environment. Now, you'd say, well, that's really hard when it's my family, right? Yeah. That's really hard when it's my spouse. I'm not telling you to remove that person out of your life completely at all. But I do want to give to you some advice in this difficult situation. So to our listener, mm -hmm. what would I do? What should you do? There's a few thoughts. Number one, go and share your heart to your family and see if they're willing to hear you. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, what I found over the years is that people that swear, it's kind of funny, right? As a pastor, <laughs> when someone finds out I'm a pastor and they're swearing, they yeah. always apologize. Right, right. They always apologize. I think like, a lot of times it's just second habit for people because they're so used to talking the way that they talk. But the fact is, if they truly love you and they know it hurts you or bothers you or offends you, if, you, if you're gentle about it, right? Mm -hmm. if, you, if you yell at them, stop swearing, you jerk. Like if you treat them like that, it's probably not going to go well. It's just going to escalate and get yeah, louder and louder. They'll probably and... swear more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but if you have the attitude that, you know what, I'm going to go, I'm going to have a heart to heart with them in a loving way. Um, I'd encourage you to do that. Now, here's a second thought, which is really the first thought. Before you do that, pray. Pray that God will give them a tender heart and pray that God will give you the words to say. The thing I found over the years is that a lot of times it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Mm -hmm. And so if your approach is gentle and kind, we think of meekness, strength that's under control. If you approach people in that kind of a way, you're more likely to get the response that you're looking for. Yeah. And so I'd really encourage you pray about it. Mm -hmm. It's kind of funny because a lot of times the things that we're concerned about, we actually don't pray over. And so I really encourage you to pray before you go talk to your family about this particular thing. And then number three, make the hard decision 
to move yourself from a toxic culture to better your life. Now, you might say, well, it's my family. Maybe you're living at home with your parents. Maybe it's a spouse. And you can't remove yourself completely. But you can remove yourself from environments at some level, right? You can begin to cut back. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's not your fault. It's not your fault that they're not willing to change. If they're not willing to change, it's not your fault. Uh, you don't owe them anything when their actions are hurting your relationship with Christ. And so I'd say begin by limiting your involvement, maybe at family functions, maybe just when you're over your parents' house, if you know your parents are, you're your adult and they're adults, mm -hmm. you know, maybe you're over there for a period of time. Begin to limit your time uh, with them if the culture is still the same. And I, I just encourage you, you know, have a boundary, right? That's the last thing. Have boundaries. Don't go back because you feel bad. Mm -hmm. um, but do go back to ask them to reconsider if the issue still persists. The thing that I've found over the years is that if you love your family and they love you and you're constantly communicating to one another, there are things that you may do or they may do. And if you're kind about it and loving about it, the la I mean, here's the thought. The last thing in the world I want to do is hurt my kids if they're bothered by something I'm doing. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right, yeah. So I'm going to be the kind of person that, man, if this really bothers you, I'm going to do my best to stop. Mm -hmm. And so if you have that kind of culture in your family, if you don't have it, I would challenge you to try to create it, right? Develop it. Uh, and the thing you have to understand is that you are going to stand accountable for before God for yourself, not for anyone else. That's good. So the thing I found over the years is that like a lot of times we stay in certain cultures because we feel bad we're going to hurt people or offend people. But ultimately, it leads us in the wrong direction. And we have to understand that they're not going to be held accountable for us. We're going to be held accountable for ourselves. Yeah. And so I just want to encourage you with this. So what would I do? I would go to them and kindly ask them to hear my heart. Before I go, I would pray about it and ask God to give me the words to say, and ask God to prepare their heart to be tender to hear what I have to say. Number three, I'd make the hard decision to begin to scale back on this relationship if it's become toxic in my life. And number four, I would just stick with those boundaries. And I would not blame myself because ultimately I stand before God, nobody else. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're that person who does struggle with swearing... I'd advise you to try and submit yourself to the Spirit of God that's in you if you're saved. Mm -hmm. You have that Spirit that's there helping you, and that can be such a great witness, too. If you have gone on and railed on and, and sweared and talked badly, and then all of a sudden you come to Christ and the Spirit's living inside of you and controlling your tongue, people are going to see that. The people that you hung out with, are going to see that change, and that's going to be an in for you to share the gospel with that person. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're struggling with swearing, there's two things you need to do. Number one, you need accountability. You need someone who's going to hold you accountable for it. I see these funny commercials with the swear jars. You ever seen that? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of funny, but in some ways it's perfect because it's accountability. And number two, Romans 12, 2, be not conformed to the swear, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's the constant washing of the Word of God. You're not going to be able to overcome a mind issue until you allow your mind to be overcome by the goodness of God in his word. That's right. Good. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode. We encourage you, if you've skipped other episodes, go back and listen to them. We hope that this podcast is helpful to you and we want you to 
reach out and ask some more questions. You can do that by emailing john at weareemmanuel.life and we will answer your question in a future episode. Thanks for listening.